is the pain pulling and telling you, here it's squeezing and here it is uh, tense and here it is painful. And uh, we don't need to do that. <coughs> and this is often coming from the way you sit. And when you see your knees are away from the floor, whilst you are trying to be cross-legged, then there is, this is not right. Here, yeah, you must take, oh, here, Jane, go please behind. We have extra pillows. And, and you take a pillow underneath, and then you have a wonderful support. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you find one? Yeah, here, my special one. <laughs> See? Yeah, this one might be good. You, I mean you. <laughs> you were doing this. So now, let it rest. So it's trusting here. How is it? Better? It's a little better. Little? Yeah. Yeah, I this think. It's not too bad. But it is, wasn't. This is much more support. Yeah, and it is more uh, solid hmm? mm -hmm. and more support. Yeah, T take it, uh, give it, uh, yeah, hold it up. Look at this, that is the shape of my walls. I had a pillow when I was training in the Mahasisayadu um, meditation center in Burma. That was my beginning. And my pillow had this shape, but the material was not what this is. It was wood. That was my pillow. <laughs> and believe it or not, I used it. Not the way I use pillows, no. Now cuddle my cheek into the, into the softness of the downs. Um, it just districts me. So I, you, I, I put that, use that lying down and have that right here, and you know it works. It holds your, your, it fills the space when you would lie down on the floor like this, the head is touching here, this is touching, and here is space. Huh? You fill that with that. Um, <laughs> Cassie, come, lie down here, and you give us that pillow. Oh, I have it, here, Sue, see, here. Yeah, yeah, and try and, and convince yourself <laughs> what I mean. No, you d it isn't so hard, like, see, isn't that great? Mm. So now I can stay like this? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I wanted you to s uh, see what I meant. This space here yeah. is actually uncomfortable to lie down on the floor for too long. Um, without anything here. Hmm? And we are using our pillows actually also um, uh, not the right way with these big pillows. Um, I have, this is a pillow I use for sleeping. Yeah, it's something in the same way, see, or just for resting. So, So, um, what did I say? We were talking about um, the a better position of sitting, 
avails us a better concentration and um, keeps a little bit more oh I'm sorry darling why don't I take it away it keeps a little bit more out what we call hindrances and kaleshas hmm? where you have uh, greater interest and greater energy and uh, strong concentration but that uh, on the third day all that <laughs> weakens a little no matter how wonderful we can practice sometimes in the eve in the afternoon with the help of the teacher also what we did this afternoon we were very beautifully um, open up to ourselves and had good concentration i would dare to say that it was almost natural the concentration and the quietness it had no strain and no focus and no no in no desire in it hmm? so um but then when that is uh, over we are now on ourselves and it is the third evening there is um, an exhaustion of the energy we need more um, more um, support i would say or we need greater energy and more willpower more um, um, willingness let me say more and uh, to to stay in that uh, uh, state we want to stay in our meditation who wouldn't like to go back to that what we had this afternoon hmm? so when i came in i saw that that it's a time it's a third evening it's um, a time where the kaleshas are little getting more entry into the space of attention hmm? just to make it short because i want to chant with you and to walk um um uh, we 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 are tired more tired uh, less so, so interested even interest goes hmm? and there is uh, desires arising for for something else maybe we wouldn't even know what but uh, not that what is there <laughs> and so on and it's the first kalesha it's called desire craving no and that is the force the very mental force which wants it other than it is hmm? or just doesn't consider that just once in general it is a very forceful um a very powerful um mental ability in us <coughs> and uh, it uh, can do too much of that wanting and in places where the wanting is really a disturbance hmm? so um to get a sense a little bit of this and understand them a little bit more in their nature these hindrances we talk about the first one 
is very helpful to realize it's not just coming up when we want to meditate and have a flowingness and an uh, interested med meditation. It also comes up throughout the day. Um, and it comes uh, kind, I feel sometimes, from a deep, deep hunger inside for gratification, for contentment, and so on, <coughs> for um, more harmony. So then we wish something what we imagine will help us out hmm? or relieve us from that stress, desire. Desire are endless. I vow to put an end to it. This is a beautiful vow in Zen. Who noticed this Kalesha during the day or this evening? Yashi. To realize one need, the, the, the most important aspect of it is really its nature, that it cannot be fulfilled. We fulfill them and you have it just done and have experienced the, the gratification of that desire, it comes back the back door. So another sense, every sense has it. Hearing once more and better sounds, um, the um, taste once and once. Hmm? Now we talk about daily life, but it also happens here. Then another sense is hearing, we want nice sounds. And uh, another sense is, no, it's not a good air here, I can't meditate. We should have here better ventilation, and we go on and on, get lost. We entertain ourselves actually with this. <laughs> this really true. So that was, and then the other sense, where well, that is the most greedy one, constantly thinking. It is to such an extent, it has developed that it's almost a pattern in us, a very strong condition where we have really difficulty to bring that to an halt. Hmm? And that is one <coughs> of the hindrances which creeps in. Thoughts, which are easier. You know why we like to thought? We can gratify ourselves. We are thoughts, we are concepts, imaginations, remembering nice experiences put them into the future next year or when I come home, yeah, it is, um, um, and when we do, are not aware of it, you know, it gives us almost the sense that it, it works, we are feeling good in these thoughts because we experience there somehow and not knowing, the thinking gives us something to understand and not knowing it and not realizing that what that it is actually now a deviation of my practice um, it is just your entertainment like in the movie it's your own movie your own television our own game and you do deviate whilst you are sitting here you slip off without that you know 
you don't know that there are 15 minutes gone and you hear the bell, my God, what a meditation I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? You must have a little humor about it, you know, and not di- disparage yourself about it, you know, see. I had a friend, <coughs> and just a little story on top of the stories. He uh, planned uh, a uh, cruise. He was a good artist, kind of. So he said, I will now kind of imagine a little bit the ship. Hmm? He takes the entire wall, white wall of his room, a room, and uh, paints the ship and studies a little bit what is all there, what is in the lower level and what is on the uh, uh, higher level and on the top. And he puts the musicians there and here the dining room and uh, uh, the, the casino. They, they have casinos now <laughs> in the ships. And so as he goes, he just lives in that world, you know. He doesn't know it. It's, it's, it's almost real. At the end, when he was finished, after two or three weeks, he said, I have already done my cruise. <laughs> At least he woke up to it. It was cheaper than if I... <laughs> That's why... But you do that, too. It's cheaper. Your trips are fabulous. Cheap. Isn't that wonderful? That's the way you have to see it. A little bit of humor. And you, otherwise you feel kind of you're not worse and it's not your big dish of tea and you're doing wrong. No, look at it. I said the other day when I talked about mindfulness, I think um, everything what arises here on the thought level and on the uh, smelling level and so on, it's just it's all here. And that is received by mindfulness. And it is called a translation, if we would understand the many different words used for mindfulness in Pali or in Sanskrit. It is called stop. You stop the mind doing these things, and it brings you back to the right object of attention. It's a good word. Hmm? So you are in the middle of the Bahamas, or in your dream, uh, or on the cruise, hmm? and now suddenly you may kind of get an angle, yeah, I am dreaming. hmm? Well, you are becoming mindful. It stops, because you realize it's not because you now say stop, and I want to stop, and I wasn't meditating really. No. it is the power of mindfulness now. You, it's recognized what you did, you know, and the power of the mind which was dreaming and giving you your movie had no, didn't want to continue anymore. You know, do you know the fairy tale um, Rumpelstiltskin? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that my name, that no, keiner weiß, dass mein Name das Rumpelstilzchen heißt. Hmm? No one knows that my name is Rumpelstilzchen. I said it in German because it rhymes better. 
keiner weiß, dass ich Rumpelstilzchen heiß. Heiß means nehmen. Nehmt. That's is my name. Nehmen. Is named. Yeah. But someone did. Listen. And he faced him with it. What happened? He enormous. He split himself in two. Yeah, his right. Rage. His rage that he was recognized. His power was gone. He went into duality. Yes. No, I don't <laughs> think so. No. It, he disappeared. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, but that's no duality. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, it's one way of seeing it. Now I give you another version. <laughs> Not the version, just whether it fits to what I said. You see, I wanted to give you an example of the stop of mindfulness to the thought. I said, when the thoughts are recognized in, in your mindfulness, is realized you are not anymore mindful. You are having your own drama going on. It stops. What stops? The thoughts. And you immediately, uh, <coughs> you're not going on in that after you have recognized the thoughts. You change now. Maybe you... Um, Bring your mind right away back to the main object of attention, breathing in and breathing out. You may use maybe a, um, the mantra we had created, body sitting, being breathed. Huh? It's a different thought. That is a thought which belonged to the practice. But that movie thinking stopped. Hmm? I have, in the beginning, personalized it. You know, like uh, 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 being a Rumpelstilzchen and suddenly being recognized. And their power was gone. They didn't entertain us anymore. See? And which is kind of very close to it. So, that's why we like to think. You get lost. You can have anything you want and easy, no money. You don't need to go uh, and, and pay a ticket to go to somewhere. You have it much faster in your head done. You don't need to pack your luggage. You don't need <laughs> to go and to have all the troubles and discomfort sometimes. It's, it's very easy. You are right there. Look at it. You can, for, can, in a split second, travel to the center of, of London right now. You can be already returned. See? And you can go on now, and you see now the places in London you remember, and get into deeper and deeper, and you are really there, like the, the one who was doing the cruise. That's why we like it. You must understand that. And we slip easy. There's not our life is also going on the on the issue comfortable. Uh, uh, and uh, not much effort, no strain, easy. This is easy going, easy experiences. But at one point it becomes not so easy, it can be overwhelming. Hmm? So we have to work through, and uh, here we recognize now uh, 
uh, one of these conditions we have, slipping into desires, wanting. And each sense has its own particular desire, object of desire. The sense of mind, of thinking mind, has concepts, no matter. Lots of concepts, and it creates this scenery, hmm? which is your most uh, interesting la-la land. Hmm? Where do you find yourself most? Lost in thoughts? Where in thought? Where do I find myself lost? In which kind of thoughts, which is your, your, your favorite trip? Mm-hmm. Of on the level of sensations, on on the level of of desire. Where do you travel? Ah, yeah, riding horses, yeah. And you forget about it. You almost think it is real. Mm-hmm. So desire. That is this force that wants. And I said in the beginning, to satisfy the craving coming from the senses, five physical senses and one mental. And um, it is a gratification of something I call hunger, deep hunger, for feeling content, for feeling gratified, for feeling um, Mm. Yeah, content and gratified is a good word, big description. So that is the force, wants, craving. And then there is another one which is the opposite, but it is also craving, only it pushes the world away. I don't like, for whatever reason, and you have always most fabulous reasons for that. And again, now when they arise, <coughs> that is the, 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 the force of anger, of um, hatred in its extreme, of uh, aversion, aversiveness, irritation, I think we could put into it. And um, it, it is um, pushing the world away. I don't want. So they are here dualistic, two, two different forces, but basically in the same activity and expression, both is craving. One is craving to have, and the other one is craving not to have. I think it was uh, Spinoza who, who, who uh, kind of saw into this process and gives us the news and says there are two calamities in this world. One is to not have what I want, and the other one is to get it. (laughs) That means you don't want it after a while. This is so beautiful. (laughs) So then quickly to the next, so remember, so what we have to do when it comes up, recognize it as a kilesha, as an interference into your practice. Nothing wrong with desires, <coughs> but it is an 
here it is uh, it's not uh, um, not not needed it is uh, interfering and it is irrelevant to your needs actually hmm? it's a craving it's always there and it's a gratification for all these senses and it is you are invited or you can allow yourself to invite yourself to notice these now also at home you can continue practicing meditation by just noticing your desires from the early morning to the late evening have somewhere a piece of paper and a pencil and every time one desire comes you go and make a and count them in the evening <laughs> and see if you would have had to gratify all this you needed almost half a year or maybe longer to bring all these desires into reality hmm? it's so wonderful our life really becomes a wonderful dance when you go into the dharma just alone to dance with these with your meditation and together with the arising hindrances <laughs> to do something about it at home really kind of allow yourself to notice it to smile and then you see in that in the light of your awareness it's not not even said now that you shouldn't have desires but at least in the beginning we allow ourselves to to investigate to what an extent are they really f- uh, uh, in reality uh, uh, satisfiable you cannot satisfy everyone they are so out of of context hmm? smile about it that might you have or we have is shameless in its desire system hmm? so we are kind of bringing it now into in into an examining becomes quieter desire after desire and you will always have the uh, disappointment <coughs> the minute it is if you see you cannot fulfill it turn around there is another one it is a force which cannot be fulfilled until you have that that consciousness which has a fulfillment from your own living process from within hmm? so dance with it in here and in your day to day life wherever you find yourself and also uh, bring it to a stop and notice it how it is happening by noticing the desire you know there is a little certain Um, you know tension in it you know one if you uh, it is said then if you allow one door to open for one desire other doors go open easily there comes another one if you give now in you see that <coughs> desire coming up and it's a kind of a nervousness and it's tense and you cannot you, you really should should have it yeah there comes a restlessness and you don't know in which way you have to go now in order to fulfill that and gratify it hmm? and close to it is also then the other one arising the opposite 
the anger. You, you are uh, now an, an, angry that you, you maybe cannot get the fulfillment, you see. <laughs> How close everything is together to dis discern that now. And if we can now uh, more and more establish our connectedness and our calm and our sharpness to recognize what is arising in the mind and recognize them as a kalisha, as a hindrance, interference for my practice. And it is not of good um, support for emptying this mind from its condition and from its irregularities and instinctive kind of or conditioned ways of putting concepts together and creating scenarios and situations hmm, in which you let yourself fall. What a false life. Hmm? Look just at that life. No wonder that we are, um, if, if it is done and brought to the extreme, well, it's almost like suicide. You just ruin your mind. You know, I'm I have uh, recently visited family and saw a seven-year-old one, very, very subtle, beautiful boy. But his mind was already gone by feeding too much of that screen and feeding too much of desire through the games they play. I was amazed. They have some kind of a device, a push, and then the figures are running, and he's directing the war. Get him! Get him! Shoot him! I hear, what is he doing? <laughs> That's what he's doing, seven-year-old. He can beautifully be there. That's a world of fantasy, of unreality. And when you ask him to come to sit and eat with us, he can't. And we have many of those. We have many of our adults also. <coughs> not uh, being awake, uh, not having been able to bring to a stop the desire system to gratify these and understand it as an un impersonal force. Don't take it as you, your real beautiful self. It's a condition. And we don't, we can we wake up now. I'm awake, says the Buddha. Hmm? Doesn't bother him. So, who has noticed already some resistance? I mean, some power in you where you could stop the interference in your meditation via desire or anger and so on. I'm sure if you had, you must have had if you had four or twenty, hundred four, they still come up, Jane. Yeah, huh? So you see, relax. <laughs> How about fear and anxiety? That's included. Hmm? Fear ah, and well, yeah, because you want something other, and you are not sure whether you get that. You see, that's a, a desire, but you can have it. You can notice it. And in go back to your breathing and breathe with it and see the reality. 
Well, there is, it's natural to have a fear if I have a, a, a threatening sickness or so. But then you also have to shift little into another, co into another issue of life. You know, there are different levels to understand your life. That's what I got now. I'm part of that whole cosmic affair, <coughs> which is regenerating itself constantly. There is a birth and a death constantly going on. One generation gives neck, gives, gives uh, uh, space to disappears, and the next one arises. One empire arises and it goes down. The seasons, the sun arises and goes down. Hmm? I take my food and I eat it and it disappears and becomes something else. So <laughs> then you go and go to yourself, to your rhythm, to your breathing, which you share with every sentient being. You're part of that Way, these waves arising and passing and continuing. Yeah? It's very secret, this life, with everything, even with the desires. My, I wanted to go, it's an eight of nine. Can I do it quick now? The next, so two we had. The third is um, also a pair of opposites and <laughs> dualistic. It's um, sleepiness, inertia. I mentioned that already. We have had many visits already. Hmm? <laughs> Before you start, you already are tired. So um, part of that is also our the, the way I invite you also for moving your body. You create the energy through motion becomes warmer and not so heavy. It's easier to notice now. Hmm? And if you are staying with it, you, who, you may have noticed, it, uh, it gave way, that tiredness. Inadvertently, actually, you, when you do that, you are noticing your tiredness. You are noticing, at the same time, more aliveness. That means tiredness disappears. And then the opposite of tiredness is, um, oh, and that there is a very subtle thing to, dis to consider with tiredness. Comes, is the tiredness because due to or resulting from too little sleep? Or is it um, kind of a little bit supported of, of lazy? by laziness, where I really don't want to schlep this with me. Hmm? Um, we have to understand we are matter, it's a, it's a basic, we are earth, hmm? it's a basic inertia here. And it will come up, especially at moments where we are challenged to perform something, which we really didn't need to do, but I want to do it and it is for something. Some, something in myself, and if I don't quite understand where my practice goes into these directions and what I can expect, 
then it is uh, not in substantial enough and I kind of get quicker tired. Mm. It cannot elate me and uh, the energy cannot kind of convert itself, let go of th from tiredness to interest now. And tiredness, if you can manage to bring interest in, and I think you have noticed when we do these things, interest comes. And that um, lets uh, tiredness go hmm? different ways. Dance with it. It's a Dharma dance you're doing, your life. And uh, the opposite of that, this is like it's compared with a, an animal. Slug, sludge? Sloth. Yeah, sloth. Sloth and torpor. Hmm? In body and mind. So you notice. I meet once a, 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 a sloth and torpor meditation. Everyone had to lean against the wall. <laughs> and the feet, uh, uh, were, you were sitting and the feet stretched out. And you could kind of the wall was supporting you. You could kind of do this. And you had to sleep now in this position, kind of serve your sad tiredness. And I gave them stories about it, and, and it's like this. <laughs> At the end, everyone was sitting. <laughs> See? This, it was really done what, my, what happens with mindfulness. Mindfulness was receiving, was noticing this, and made a stop of it, of that sadness. Energy came up. Interest came up. Joy came up. Hmm? So, but of course there is a point where you say, I cannot do it, I have to sleep. Hmm? But as you continue your practice, you, and you go with it, <coughs> and deepen it, become more naturally calm, more skillful in noticing what is arising on the sense doors. Body sensations <coughs> are very close and precisely perceived, and so on, you notice your breathing. And then, um, I saw it and it's gone, I don't know what, what I want to say. Um, yes, then you, you don't need to sleep so much. Then a tiredness coming up and you can, you feel exhausted. Ten minutes is enough, just in your sitting and allowing to notice it. And um, you do sleep, need less sleep, and you really also shorten your eight hours maybe to six hours. Not always, but at times. Have you noticed that? Yeah. How many hours you need and for good rest? Yeah, the retreat at home. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, it, in the retreat, let's say. Yeah, right. Well, it's I hard to go to sleep after. So make more mindfulness whilst you are in your professional work and in your in dealing with life. You need less sleep 
the sleep is kind necessary because if we accumulate so many impressions, the desires and the cravings and this the restlessness and so on. <coughs> um, we need uh, to kind of uh, the longer sleep gives an opportunity to kind of heal, come to more calm. Hmm? Also, maybe you, you, with increasing practice and skill in your practice, you come also to more softer and gentle dreams, you may have noticed. Some. <coughs> so that is restlessness and and uh, laziness, it's loss and torpor, another four. The fifth is um, just alone, it's a very powerful one. When you get into that and you don't notice it, it can stop your practice. You can uh, step out because you doubt your teacher, you may doubt um, your partner constantly, you may da doubt uh, here in terms of your practice, you may doubt the teaching itself. Hmm, how can that? That was my strong one when I started this particular practice, playing at paying attention to the tip of your nose and uh, uh, being awake to the touch of the breath and the inhalation, the exhalation. Also, I had practice and relatedness to body, but I, I um, had, um, um, when I was given by my teacher this, this practice, I was doubting it. It is not good, and the doubt brings, brought about a little bit aversion. And I tell myself then for eight days, I came here for enlightenment, and how can that do this when I have to have my attention here? <laughs> See? Doubt. The Buddha said it's okay, doubt, but before you let it go, uh, get o overrun by it and act it out, give it a chance. Hmm? So my teacher did suggest that to me. And then I realized that I it wasn't that difficult, it was just a real strong idea. I couldn't let go of it. I wanted that, to, I didn't even know what that was, enlightenment. More or less I followed uh, my, my husband going into it, and I heard he being a former monk in the Hindu tradition with his former colleagues or monks talking about enlightenment and this a particular visit to Rangoon was a result of him and his former uh, uh, monk brothers uh, had given him a book called The Experience of Mindfulness. And he got excited. And I got, got not excited <laughs> because partially why I was so suspicious and couldn't connect really to my body with the breathing when I was there was because I was afraid he becomes a monk again. I wanted, wanted him to have in my house or in our house. Hmm? All that plays a role. 
so then there was anxiety and aversion in it and doubt hmm? and also um, tiredness no interest <coughs> but then I picked up when I could got all the figures together the parts together and then when I left after my first training I wanted to kind of uh, kind of had the gesture I felt letting my hand go to his and say shake the hand of goodbye huh? but that is not the custom there so he bypassed that took his uh, finger comes to the tip of my nose and said the bless a blessing may this be your best friend <laughs> <laughs> so because he knew I told him why I was so so resistant huh? so that is doubt and then so you become more sensitive now to all these things we call uh, interference and uh, hindrances and uh, you know um, don't need to feel uh, uh, unworthy or disparage yourself and guilty you shouldn't have it it's here it's arising it's an impersonal force it moves through if you don't crave for it don't hold it there but let them appear in the light of awareness they are all acting like uninvited guests and they go backwards out you're free again that my dear Dharma friends is enough about the hindrances be diligent and uh, rejoice in dealing with them hmm? craving aversion restlessness loss and torpor doubt the greatest these are um, the, the, I talked about the little doubts there are a million more but all have their stem and their roots in the big doubt and that is the doubt about yourself you don't know yourself so whatever you end you move into it there is a kind of a hesitation, there's a doubt, there's a thinking about it, shall I or shall I not? You're not sure, it's an insecurity. Hmm? That is doubt. There's a book by Alan Watts written. Well, you don't probably know of him anymore. <coughs> and it's called The Insecurity. The Insec no. The wisdom of insecurity, see? <coughs> Positive, the wisdom of it, the nature of it, coming from doubt, coming from all our, <coughs> from many things in our lives. So, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.